Big Buck Registries, Big Buck Podcast, episode number 25. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. Hi, I'm Amanda Lowry, finalist in the Extreme Hunters Contest. And if you're listening, you're one of the smartest hunters. You're listening to the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Jay Scott, your host of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. And I've got Dusty on the other line. Uh, Dusty, what's going on, man? It's snowing in Ohio, about seven inches on the ground right now. And man, um, I, I like it, but I'm over it, you know, just get outside and tramp it everywhere, getting in the garage and stuff. It just, there's snow everywhere, but that, that's all right. What's going on in New Hampshire? Yeah, uh, we got snow up here too, man. It's, uh, it's got about three inches left over from a couple of days ago. It was like one of those two day snowfalls, but it didn't really, um, accumulate to anything, but it just, uh, looked overcast and, you know, spitting snow, snow squalls, showers from for about 48 hours. And then it was gone and it was a beautiful day today so we're, yeah. le- we're left with some bitter cold weather again and it is uh about two and a half three inches of snow on the ground right on the deer ought to be moving if you're still hunting good luck to you out there and uh you know definitely stick with it uh big ones will be moving in the, the snow that's falling so mm-hmm. cold weather brings out the hunger and as our friends from pennsylvania told us that the uh, the snow um gets the deer moving because they like it in between their their feet yeah, this that was a different story, but you know we'll take the word for it, and that, right. that's that's that. Yeah, I don't. Know. It was it was kind of funny, but I I, I do believe deer kind of like different uh, materials. You know, I think they like to walk in sand sometimes. Yeah, I think it's a little softer on the hooves. The snow makes more of a cushion. It ain't the hard ground, hard frozen ground all the time. Right. And uh, you know, I can agree that it's something different, and they they might like it. Right. We have a special guest for the show coming up today, Jay, and uh, looking forward to talking to Danny. All right, tell us a little bit about who who this is. You know, Danny Hottinger, uh, Antler Creation Custom Knives. He's a custom knife builder, Arkansas boy. And, uh, you know, Danny's in a wheelchair making custom knives that are beautiful, handmade, made in America, and don't get no better. It's, um, it's the knives he's making are absolutely stunning. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're one of a kind. Each single, each knife is one of a kind. The, the metals kind of this is similar, but the handle is a different antler, each and every one. Yeah. Uh, check him out, Antler Creation Custom Knives on Facebook. And, uh, man, it just, it's phenomenal the quality of work that's coming out of his shop. Yep. Considering that he has one arm that is functioning, his that left is, arm. That's correct. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling unmotivated, check out Danny over there and, uh, you'll get your motivation back. Yeah. And he's traveling all over the country, selling his knives, bringing them to craft fairs and shows and, um, selling them to celebrity hunters and people that are in the industry. So, um, these things are highly sought after. They're very unique. They're high, high quality. Um, and, uh, we get to hear his entire story here coming up. 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I was watching uh, Fear No Evil with Chris Brackett, and uh, sure enough, one of Danny's knives hanging right there on his side. Handmade sheaths, handmade knife, Chris Brackett, you know, flying it. That 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 means a lot. All right, well, let's uh, let's uh, cut through to the 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 antler creations, and let's hear what Danny has to say about his his life, his the way he makes knives, and all the other great stuff, and the people he's selling these things to. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Staying busy, working, making knives yeah, just as fast as I can crank them out. Yeah, I hear you there. You're doing good things for yourself, buddy. Slugmaster's just done an article on me too. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I'm real good friends with a guy that, and Jay is too here. That uh, Ed Waite. I don't know if you recognize the name, but he's a Buckmaster's master scorer, mm-hmm. and he his name's Edison Waite, and uh, he's pretty active through Buckmasters. And he actually shared uh, your story on his page. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that yeah he's right here in Dayton, Ohio. I'm in Ohio. Jay's up in New Hampshire, and uh, yeah, we're talking to Arkansas. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a heck of a ride so far. All right, I'm plugged up. All right, man, plugged <laughs> in. You ready to roll? You're in a swimming accident in 1987. Swimming accident, yeah. Swimming accident in 1987, yep. and it it affected you. It it put you in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. Yep. You, I was a uh, complete quadriplegic at the time. Okay. Right after the accident. And you, and I ended ended up getting a little bit of my left side back. Okay. So you nothing you, on the right side. You you have control of your uh, both hands or just one right now? Just one, just my left one. Your left hand. Okay. And it's yeah. the left hand that you use to create the knives. Yep. Gotcha. And so it all started at a craft fair. Basically, mm-hmm. you decided one it day did. that, hey, I'm going to, I made a few, a few years ago and I'm going to bring it back. So four years ago, yep. you got back into the knife making business. Yeah. Got me a Facebook page. Facebook page. Started posting. Yep. Started posting pictures of the knives as I was making them. Gotcha. And people were kind of getting enthused with it, you know, and they, they couldn't wait to see how this is going to turn out. Right. So you got into, you, you brought all the social media together. Uh, mm-hmm. started blasting it out. People are starting to see your, your creations and yep. the name of your business that, that you have is Antler Creation Custom Knives. Um, right. I would ask you, how did you come up with the name? But it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Started out with lamps. Yeah. Started out with lamps. Um, yep. you're using antlers and you're making custom knives. It's, uh, so right. the description of your business is in fact, the, it's not like, you, you know, some kind of a, a weird tricky name you have to, Figure out with a decoder right. ring. You've act, that is right. the name of your business. Gotcha. Yep. You know, Danny, if, if somebody wouldn't know you and, you know, they just heard about you through Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast, Danny is very affiliated with getting the youth outdoors. And, you know, we give you props for that. Tell something, uh, one of your best stories about uh, donating a, a knife that you were able to be there when, when the youth got received the knife. You got one that stands out above the rest. I know they're all awesome no, stories. They all, they are all about the same. Just seeing the smile on that kid's face, it just—I don't know—it's priceless. It, it's it's like going to church. You know, you feel so good when you get done, and it's it's a it's almost a ministry for me because when I go to these functions and I'm and I'm sitting there in a wheelchair with all these knives in front of me, them kids come over and hang out with me. And they can talk to me because I guess because I'm in the wheelchair. Yeah, I love we it. can kind of relate, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. But and they'll come up to me where they won't a normal, you know, able-bodied person. And that—that's a gift that you got, you know. That—that's yeah. yours. 
Well, it's been 26 years, and I've just figured out what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and that, that's that's what's great about the whole story with what you got going. Let's talk about the knives a little bit. Your the knives themselves are made of steel and bone. Is yep. that is that accurate? Yeah, steel brass. I use brass for the guards. Okay, but yeah, it's it's steel and bone. So you're taking metal and bone, some kind of metal yep. and some kind of bone, yep. bone from the antler of a white-tailed deer, mm-hmm. or mule deer or elk. Okay, so we've got different versions. Right. Of the of the material, let's talk about antlers for a second. Okay. Some we don't break down a lot on the big buck registry. We usually just go out looking for them, but never actually get into the the material itself. When you're dealing with the material, what's it like to work with? Um, let's talk about the whitetail antler first. What's the whitetail antler like to work with as far as a material? <laughs> it stinks <laughs> when it you're smells. cutting it. It smells. It smells. Yeah. But, it, uh, it, sm- it smells bad. <laughs> yeah, every one of them's different. I mean, I can pick up an antler and and I can tell you within just a second if it's going to work for a knife handle. And what do you look for? What what kind of thing? What kind of details I, the, are you looking for? Just fitting the hand good. Okay. It needs to be pretty straight, you know, from the from the crown up. And sometimes from the G two, I'll cut the main beam off there at the G two mm-hmm. and the G two, and then turn it the opposite direction, and almost have a fork on the on the on the butt end there instead of using the crown. Gotcha. And what about the the so the which is your favorite of the the bone to work with whitetail muley yeah whitetail whitetail's the best whitetail yeah why is yeah. that what's the and difference I like I like the old weathered uh, antlers over the fresh ones too okay what what is the difference between the material is it or why do you why do you think the whitetail is the your favorite choice of material to work with I I don't know I can't answer that really okay I just I just like it. So it's not, is it any different than the, than the no, muley? It's no. just, just a preference. No. Okay. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Um, just a preference. And when you're, when you're dealing with the metals, tell us about the kinds of metals you're incorporating into the knives. Uh, what I use for steel is uh, D2. It's a tool steel. Okay. It's the same thing they make sockets and wrenches out of. It has uh, some carbon in it, which carbon holds a good edge. Everybody knows that. Some of the old steels we used to have, the old charades. You can't beat them, but the newer ones are not. They just don't hold an edge like the old ones do. Okay. And this has enough carbon in it. It will rust if you put it in a wet sheet. You know, if you don't take care of it, it will rust on you. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Walk us through a knife. Like, what do you do from the beginning to the end? It starts out as a drawing on a piece of steel. Okay. And then uh, I'll just cut it out with a grinder. Cut it out with a hand grinder. How big is that piece of steel that you're starting with? It's just a small piece, uh, inch and a half wide. Okay. By eighteen inch piece, and I'll, I'll get three blades out of that one piece. Okay. So you take a a sharpie or something like that, and you draw yep. it out. Okay. Yep. And you make the blade. I'll draw it out, and uh, most of them that I do are draw just standard drop point blades. I've got a pattern that I've cut out on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and uh, most people prefer just that drop point four inch blade. Okay. And you go and you cut it out. What do you use to cut it with? A hand grinder. Just a hand grinder. Yep. I mean, your your arm must be pretty rugged to work. Uh, they're, yeah, they're it's. Uh, I can wear some of my buddies out if they come up and help me. Yeah. They don't. They don't understand how much there goes into these things. Yeah. You're grinding down the steel. All right. So, so you've got a, an idea in mind. You've got a picture. Mm-hmm. You're recreating. Do you recreate the same knife over and over a lot of the times? Yep. If somebody wants, yeah, a lot of people go through my pictures on Facebook and they'll pick out a knife uh, that they like and can I have one like this? I said, well, I can make you one similar to that. There's never two of them exactly alike. 
Gotcha. But they they can choose the colors that they want. I'll use uh, different types of, of uh, spacer material. Um, sometimes I use buffalo horn. Sometimes I use antler. Um, and then I've got some synthetic uh, colored spacers. If somebody wants one, a certain color for a birthday or whatever, then they can pick out that color. Gotcha. And then the antler is usually always my choice. It's just whatever I can get and whatever I have in stock. Okay, so you kind of gen- don't want generally pick the you don't antler. want the antler you don't want the antler overpowering the blade, so they have to kind of match, you know. Right. And what do you? How do you pick it? You just try to get the right feel in the hand. You get uh, the right yep. size it's, compared to the blade itself. Exactly. Yep. It's got to fit the hand good. Okay. And how much manipulation do you do on the handle itself? Not much. It, there's a little bit of shaping. I try to get the shape it all down to the guard. So the antler and the guard and the spacers are going to be all the same diameter. Okay. But I'll get it close, you know, before uh, before it all goes together. Okay. And what do you do with the steel? You you forge it down, you, you shape it, you mold it, you, you sharpen no, it? No. When, uh, when I order the steel, I order it in a, it's a bar stock, eighth inch thick, inch and a half wide and 18 inches long. Okay. And then once I get the blade cut out, then I'll start grinding. And I'll put a, a flat grind on them usually, sometimes a hollow grind. And and how sharp do these things get? Razor. Razor sharp. And they hold a good edge. Okay. I've had guys tell me they've skinned seven, eight deer before they ever had to put a sharpener back on it. Is that right? Yep. Okay. That's a, that's a good edge. Yeah. That's a real good edge. That deer hide, boy, sure, it dulls them up quick. Yeah. How do you get the blade into the antler? Uh, I, I actually drill a hole in the antler, and then I've got a special bit in my Dremel tool okay. to where I'll slot slot the antler. Okay. And that uh, that tang is called a tang at the end of that blade. That actually goes up into the antler. That's called the and tang. It goes up in about three about three inches. Yep. The tang, as in T A N G. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so the tang is the is the piece of the knife that goes into the antler. Still one right. one blade. It's still one piece of metal. Yeah, it's all one piece of metal. You've created the the hole in the antler to slide it in, and mm-hmm. how do you how do you firm it up so it doesn't come back out? There's uh, I'll put some notches in the metal. Okay, and then I use a, a high strength industrial epoxy. Okay, and that gets filled. I fill that hole up and then slide that metal down in there all the way in there, okay. and it goes in about three inches. Gotcha. Cannot get them out. Yeah, okay. I had one that uh, I got the antler. Actually, got the antler on crooked and it set up on me before I noticed it. And uh, I took that knife and put it in my heat treat oven and heated it up to 400 degrees for an over an hour. Pulled it straight out of the oven, drove a screwdriver between the antler and the spacer and could not pry that apart. Really? So that told me right there, if somebody sets the knife up in the dash of the pickup on a hot summer day, yep. I ain't got nothing to worry about. It ain't coming apart. Right. It's solid. It's, it's, it's almost yep. as solid as the bone itself. Yep. Gotcha. And when you get to... It's not a finished knife at this stage. It's it's, no. it's almost there. What do you do to is it to use your own creativity to finish it up? What do you do from once you've got the blade into the handle? What do you do from there? I actually sand use with a belt sander. I've got a two by seventy two belt sander, and I'll actually sand the antler down to the same shape as the brass guard on the sides. It all gets shaped together, hmm. and then there's about two hours of hand sanding to get it down to a to a 320 grit finish and then i'll buff it out so how many hours are you putting into these knives about 20 hours per knife wow that's now that's what i would call it custom knife that's custom knife. that's custom knife i don't i don't buy there's a lot of guys out there that buy blades and and just 
you know, they buy a blade already finished and then put handles on them. Mine are actually all done by me. Every piece, even the spacer material, is cut out by me. I don't That's buy awesome. That's awesome. already. I don't buy them already fitted. I buy it in a sheet and I'll draw them out and cut them out in each piece. Wow. That's insane. Now, who's buying your knives? Uh, anybody that hunts. Okay. When I first started, it was kind of a long, drawn-out thought. I thought, how am I going to sell these? I want to make a hunting knife. I don't want to do tacticals. Right. You know, I want to do a hunting knife. So I thought, maybe I can get one on TV one of these days. Yeah. You're there, you're there brother. I've had three on TV so far. <laughs> and that's cool. Is that yeah. right? So I've done, you- I, I done, uh, done two for Chris Brackett. And uh, he has Fear No Evil and Arrow Affliction, and he wears them on both shows. No, that's kidding. awesome. Then I, I done uh, I done some for uh, Jana Waller, Skullbound. Gotcha. And the Waddells. And the Waddells. Roger Ragland. Yeah. And Roger. Wow. Roger Ragland. Yeah, he's got one. We actually hand delivered it. Hand delivered one to uh, Edwin and Michael. No okay. kidding. The Waddell yeah. boys. So these yeah. these knives um, have grown and are popular amongst some of the more recognized names in the industry. Mm-hmm. That's when you're dealing with a quality knife. Yeah. Do you ever get... I, re- I, was, watching, I was watching one of Brackett's shows one day, and I would made him a rather large knife, um, and it had like an 8-inch blade. Well, anyway, I was watching the, his show, and he was making a ground blind. He had that knife out chopping a cedar tree down with it. And I was sitting here gritting my teeth. I said, no, don't do that. Don't do that to my knife. <laughs> it didn't hurt that knife a bit. He said it held up. So. That's funny. So it sounds like some of these knives could be show pieces, though. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to use them. They say they're too pretty. And I tell right. them, use them. It'll clean up. But they are full. If you can't clean it up, send it back to me, and I'll clean it up and send it back to you. So they're they're good looking. They're rugged. Yeah. Uh, it's not just a pretty piece. This thing is built for action. They're made to use. They're made to use. It's a utility piece, yep. Yep. even though they look cool. It's that, pretty neat knowing that, that uh, I make something that potentially could save somebody's life, you know? Absolutely. Somebody, they, they use it all the time. It's neat. That's that's awesome. Um, if you'd asked me five years ago if I ever thought that I would be doing what I'm doing, no. That would just be a dream. Interesting. Now, wh- why would you say that? What? Uh, why would you? Why do you say that would be just a dream? I never would have thought I would be doing as far as what I've gone. The opportunities that I've had have been overwhelming. Right. There are plenty I mean, of plenty uh, other knife makers out there, right? Yeah. But yours are special somehow. There's something I guess different. And everybody you, asks me, "How do you do that with one hand?" I don't know. I just do it. Right. And you don't know what it is that's special, but there's still something special about your knives, and you're not quite sure about. What it sounds like it sounds like you're not quite sure what it is yet. No. I got a good guess. I think it's, uh, I think it's of, a, maybe it's a story behind all of it, you know? Could be. It's, it's a heart of gold to be dedicated to doing them. I love what I, I can't wait to get out of bed and go to work. <laughs> and I've been, I've been going like this for going on four years now, every day. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I love it. All right. So the knives themselves have, have brought your life down a pretty cool path. Mm-hmm. It's brought you into a hunting world, something that you were passionate about anyway. You're, you're able to connect with people that are in the industry. You're talking to us tonight, which is just, it's created your world. It's created a yeah. world that you enjoy. That's, I mean, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. You mentioned Chris Brackett. Tell, tell us how that came about, Danny. Uh, Carol Clark, the coordinator with Kids Hunting for a Cure. Um, she was, she had known Brackett for a while. And, uh, let me ask my wife, where did we first meet Brackett at? Okay, we were we were we went to the Jurassic Classic in Cambridge. 
Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. That's, that's not too yep. far from me, so yeah. Nope. And uh, we went up there just to hang out, and I made him up there. And I actually took him the knife up there when we went. So and, uh, you hadn't met him before, or uh-uh. this was after. When you did your knife for him, was this before you met him or after? No, that was when I met him. I took him the knife. No kidding. So did, did, yeah. uh, did he order Carol told one? Me, or? No. Carol told me how good of a guy he was. That's awesome. And what he's done for kids. And uh, and I'd watched him some of his shows and stuff. And uh, so I just made him a knife just out of the blue. Give it to him. And he said, nobody's ever done anything like this for me. You know? That, that's a story, and right? That's that, a story it was pretty stuff. cool. That was pretty cool. And then I made him one for his, uh, that was a Fear No Evil Knife. And then I made him one for Arrow Affliction, too. We went to Cambridge again last year. Now, this was that was year before last time I made the first one. We went there last year, and I told him, I said, I need to make you a little small uh, caping knife. And he told me, he said, if you do another knife, he said, do one for my nephew. He said, that will mean more to me than anything. Mm. And we sent it out to him yesterday. No kidding. For his nephew. That's cool. Who are some of the other people that you've met? Uh Roger Raglan, Edwin, and Michael Waddell. All right. Um, Let's talk about Roger for a second. It, okay. What, what kind of knife did you make for Roger? Oh, Lord. It's just, it was a, just a hunting knife. I made a stand for it. His wife actually ordered it Okay. And, for him and had me to make a, make a stand for it and had me to make a little plaque. Okay. Um, happy birthday. And when we actually delivered it, we actually delivered it to his wife, and then she surprised him. Was it for Christmas or birthday? Christmas. It was for a Christmas present. But cool. uh, she actually gave it to him for Christmas, and we got—we actually got to go stay with uh, Edwin Waddell. Okay, in right. Booger Bottom. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. We took a knife. Uh, I made a knife for Michael's son, Mason. Yeah. And uh, Edwin put us up in the in the barn, which is it's it's a almost a lodge built on the end of the barn, but uh, had all of Michael's mounts in there. And I told Edwin, I said, when we got in there, I said, I've probably seen half of these killed on TV. He said, Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> So that was kind of neat. We had to get the whole story there. That's very cool. All right. Who else is And he, he loaded me up with some antlers before we left. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He, uh, maybe he won't be listening, but anyway, he, uh, he gave me some elk horns and he said, do you remember seeing me shoot the elk in, I believe it was New Mexico that had one antler hanging off? And I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to give you these horns. And they were small. Um, but they're, when I got them and got to looking at them on the way home, I told them my wife, I said, those are actually a little bit big for knife handles, big around. Mm. So I think what I'm going to do, and he gave me a, a, a whitetail antler that he had run over with his tractor and poked a hole in his tire. Well, it, when he did, it broke a tine off and he glued that tine back on. So I've got those two elk antlers that are sentimental to him and the whitetail antler. And what I'm going to do is take those three antlers and make him a lamp. Mm-hmm. And we're going to deliver it when we go back down through there this March. That's awesome. That's really cool. So that, so, so you that'll met, be pretty neat. At the Waddells. Who else have you met? Yeah. Anybody else? i done uh, I done a knife for Joe Schultz with Drury Outdoors. Okay. All right. Philip, Philip Vanderpool come up to me and said that this was after uh, Joe's uh, son had passed away. Mm-hmm. Philip gave me an antler and said, I want you to make Joe a knife. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the show where the cardinal flew down in front of the blind, and it was a sign from God. But anyway, we uh, I engraved that red cardinal on there and then put his son's name on that knife, and we gave it to him down at the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation show in Nashville. Gotcha. And there was not a dry eye around when we done that. I bet. That was pretty neat. Wow. That's pretty powerful stuff. And yeah. to think that... You know, you you brought some of these things to a craft fair once, and now look, you're changing people's lives. It's a it's a symbol. He's not. And, and I'm not just influencing disabled people. It's people that there's a lot of people that's not disabled. That's you know, 
Oh, saying absolutely. that I am an influence to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think uh, just this symbol—the symbol of the knife—is usually when you make you when you're ordering a custom something, there's uh-huh. there's a very special meaning behind it. Um, and you, you, when you're building these knives, may not know what that meaning is at the time you're building it. Yeah. But when you get there, you kind of realize it. And uh-huh. you are an integral part of creating that very special meaning. And you'll be connected yeah. with that knife for the, f- forever. Yeah. Um, and- See, I get, uh, I've got a laser engraver. Yeah. So I can engrave logos or names or whatever on in the antler. And a lot of them that I do are for kids. Fathers or mothers buying for their kids, and they'll put have me engrave the son's name and a birth date. Or I've done a lot of wedding gifts. Who to thunk it? But I had one guy in Montana that ordered eight. He was getting married, and he wanted all the guys in his wedding to have knives. Right, his wedding party. He's going to give one to each yeah. of his wedding party. Sure. Yep. I can see that. So I engraved all their names in them, and the and the date that they got them, which is pretty neat. That is pretty neat. So where do you get your your antlers from? <laughs> that's the hard thing. Okay. Um, most people don't want to get rid of them. Right. So I've got a few friends that have uh, taxidermy and a few friends that are guides on Facebook that I've done knives for. And anytime they come across some sheds or, you know, somebody that wants to get rid of some, then they'll pick them up for me and send them to me. And we, we can do something for you too, Danny. Let's throw it out there, Jay, that uh, anybody out there has got a set of shed antlers or antlers and they would like to donate them to Danny. How can I get in touch with you, Danny? Uh, on Facebook, Antler Creations, and then Space and Custom Knives. Okay. Antler Creations, Space, Custom Knives. So yep. if you have antlers around your house and you've got, they're not doing anything, uh, Danny could definitely use them and turn them into something very special uh, by creating an antler knife out of the antlers that you might have as spares. Now, Danny... Could could you use other types of materials, or let me let me rephrase this. Let's say I have a special antler that I, I'm not so involved in wanting to hang on the wall, but I like this antler and I'd like to have it created into a knife. Is that can uh-huh. we can we send you an antler and have you yep. make a knife from it? I have that happen all the time. Okay, and it could be. I mean, I had people send me grandpa's antler, and this was two generations ago. You know, right. Grandpa's no longer here, but they want that ant- that antler is sentimental, and uh, they want something a knife made, knife handle made out of it. You know, yep. and uh, a date or grandpa's name or something sure. like that. Yeah, it's our kids' first deer. Uh, you've made stuff out of elk antlers before. Mm-hmm. And the handle, small ones, small ones. The ha- the antler yep. must be pretty heavy. You ever ever thought about making a sword or something a little bit bigger than just uh, the I- buck knife? No, the uh, the longer the blade is for me, with just one good hand, mm-hmm. it's too hard. I've tried. I think the longest blade that I made was like ten inches or eleven, and it was. I said I'd never do another one. Gotcha. Okay. It's so. too. It's too hard for me. Okay. And even the smaller ones, people. A lot of people think you know I want a little small knife. I don't want to pay three hundred dollars for a, a four inch blade. I want a two and a half inch blade. How much sure. will that cost? Well, the smaller the blades are, the harder it is for me to hang on to. Gotcha. So let's in New Hampshire we have moose. We have a decent amount of moose here, so mm-hmm. we're always finding moose sheds. So could you make a knife out of a moose shed? Uh, out of the base of it, if it's sure. small enough. Okay. Yeah. So some- I've used fallow. I've yep. actually got a guy, and I've already made four of these so far. Um, I've done one for Troy Landry from Swamp People. Okay. Yeah. Um, alligator jawbone. Wow. And they're they're pretty neat. 
I took some, it took some filling in with some epoxy and bone dust in some of the holes, you know, that, um, that are in it, but it actually turned out really cool. And I've done four of them. I've done one for David Blanton. Everybody knows him. Yeah. Realtree. He wanted the alligator jawbone knife. I was reading that about that on your Facebook page. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So alligator yeah. jawbone. What other types of, uh, bone or material do you want to work with that you haven't yet? Um, there's a, actually a company. I can't remember the name of it that has some leg bones, like a wildebeest leg mm. bone. Okay. I'd like to try one of them. Or hog bone, hog leg. Yep. I want to do one of them, but it's still got the knuckle on it. Oh, yeah. It'll be different than everybody else. Right. What about the the metals? Um, are there certain metals that you generally stick to, That you, or are there some other metals that you'd like to try? No, I, I'm going to stick with D2. Um, okay. I've had super good luck out of it. I also do some Damascus blades where it's the folded layered steel. Okay. Um, I buy my Damascus out of Alabama. I know the guy personally that makes it, and I buy it in a sheet, and then I'll draw them out and cut them out. Okay. What uh, what other kind of knives are you branching out to, Danny? We see that you got, uh, you know, obviously your skin and knives. Looks like you got a gut hook. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we expecting any, to see any unique knives in the future? I, I see sometimes that there's some kitchen knives, maybe a fillet knife in the works. Yeah, I got a fillet knife I'm supposed to do this week. Uh, I'll have it on there uh, maybe next week. I've got the steel ordered. I have to use a little bit thinner steel, and the heat treating process is a little bit different. But uh, it'll be my first one. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll bet as far as the kitchen, kitchen knives, I'll do a few here and there. Um, don't like the gut hooks. Gotcha. A lot of people like the gut hook, but I mean, I'll make them if they want it, but I don't like making them. Gut hook, I bet, was, it must be hard to make. No, it's actually not that bad. It's just finding something to keep it sharp. Okay. You know, the customer's going to have to find a little small um, honing steel or something to go in there to keep that thing sharp. I use a Dremel. Okay. To to get it to sharp when it leaves here, you know. Right. But obviously, I can't give them a Dremel, so they're going to have to find some something to keep that gut hook sharp. Seems like. And, I, and they make a little bitty small um, steel, you know, that you can sharpen it with. But. It seems like a Dremel might be the ideal tool to sharpen that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm doing, I'm doing some taping knives. Uh, I've got one in the works now, a little small. It's a, uh, doing three quarter inch blade. Okay. Uh, taxidermist guy. Okay. He's wanting one. And, uh, so I've got one of them in the works. Gotcha. And as far as the knives that you're making, do you, do they have names like a, a style of knife that you're making? No, no, I haven't named any of them. They're that, they're that unique. So there really isn't a yeah. single knife that's identical to the next. No, no, never. And there's no style there, uh, that you're following. Like, you know, there's not like the Ginsu and that's it. No. You know, this, uh-huh. each single one is different than the one before that. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. So where do you want to take your business from here? I don't really want to get any bigger than what I am. Okay. I like it just like it is. You know, if I got bigger, I'm going to have to hire people. And then it's not me. Right. So I've got, I haven't sat down and wrote down every order yet, but I'm probably going to be looking at two year waiting list right now. Wow. Two years. Two years. Wow. So anytime I come up with one, I hardly ever post anything that is for sale on Facebook. Most of the pictures you see are custom orders. Okay. So if I ever post one and I say it's for sale or it's not sold and you want one, you better get it now. Because that very rarely ever happens. I did it today. I actually done it yesterday and today. I had two knives that I had been working on, and I posted them, 
and this is the first time I've ever done it was yesterday. And I had it sold within 15 minutes. And then the other one today, I sold in the first two minutes. It was gone. Gotcha. But most of my posts are custom orders. Okay. Yeah. Anna Creation Custom Nights, I, I like it on Facebook. And uh, just so happened that I clicked on it within like 30 seconds of seeing you post it. And yeah. Within, like you said, brief minute. There, somebody already claimed it. And, you know, and that, yep. that, that, that's awesome. I like to see that. Uh, you it's know, it's pretty neat. It, it's real cool. That, that's awesome that people want them that bad that two minutes after you posted it, yep. it was, it was it's gone. neat that somebody wants something that I made with my hands, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. To me, that is just cool. Uh, Danny, what, to, what kind of prices should we expect on some of these things? They start at 300 Okay. When I first started them, it was taking me 30 hours. Four years ago, it was taking me 30 hours per night. I wow. figured out if I do about four at a time, yep. if I get four blades cut out, then it's the same process. You know, I grind all four of them, get all my guards ready, and then my spacers ready, and then the antlers will be the last thing I go and dig for, but I can cut it down to about 20 hours per night. Gotcha. So it's almost an assembly line, but about as yep. assembly line as you can get when and, and still remain custom. Right. 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 Each ticket is a certain, I mean, I know which blade's going with each, each one. Right. So the, these things are not a quick turnaround necessarily. No, no. Uh, takes time. It's, uh, right. you're, you're paying attention to certain details of these knives. You're making it a special knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price tag, um, is definitely for a special purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something I can do in a day. Right. A lot of people see me post pictures. I'll have a knife on one day and a knife on the next day. Well, they don't see that there was four days that I didn't post nothing. I was making blades. Right. Gotcha. Danny, is there anything else that you'd like to cover? No, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, I, I really like. I'm gonna keep making them. I'm gonna keep making them myself, one knife at a time, with my hands. And I'm gonna do it as long as I can do it, and I'm gonna take it as far as I can. I don't want to get any bigger because I don't need to get any bigger. I do it out of a little 10 by 16 shop. That's my workshop. That's fantastic. So the, if you're, if you want a knife, let's see, it's 2013. So if you want a knife in 2015, a custom knife, yeah, you gotta, you gotta put in your order now. Yeah. Or come to one of the shows that we attend, either the, some of the kids, um, shows for the kids outdoors yeah or i'll be in jurassic i'll usually have some knives i'll I'll make some and i won't post them but i'll have some knives with me gotcha and where where do you usually head out to some of these these shows tell us some of your locations where you might be uh we're going to be in jasper arkansas at a little arts and craft show i've got to pay my dues there because that's where it all started okay um we'll do jurassic um i'm actually going to be at nwtf in nashville in february uh, i'm not going to have a booth but i'll be there uh, we do a, quite a few uh, events in Alabama with uh, kids outdoors. Gotcha. And that's about it. We don't. I've never done a knife show ever. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't sound like you need to. If you're at, you're at the no. size you need to be, and that's exactly where you want to stay. Yeah, that's very cool, Dusty. What other questions do you have for Danny? Yeah, Danny, tell tell us about your wife. I, I know that there's a lot of posts that Stephanie gets in on. How big influence is she on to push you on what you do a little bit? Uh, she's been behind me a hundred percent. She's my chauffeur too. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what gets in the details of how much time that you guys got to spend on the road with each other. And, and uh, a lot. that, that makes it unique. Uh, tell us a little bit about yeah. your wife and, and, and what all she does to help you out. She actually does all my leather work. All the sheaths are made by her. 
um, I was doing them at first and I couldn't do both. So I kind of taught her how to do it and she cut a few left ones out. <laughs> Not intentionally, backwards. So. It sounds like it sounds like she might be listening to you in the background there. She is, <laughs> but it's it's don't, all don't, fun. Don't get yourself in trouble now. She'll she'll get it completely together. So uh oh, I said what? She's another left one. We done that to one customer. I called him. I said you don't have to happen to be left handed, do you? He said yeah. I said whoo, that was that was good. But yeah, we have fun. She works out there to shop with me every day. That, that that's really cool, you know, and that just adds to everything that uh, your wife's a part of it. And we traveled thirty five thousand miles last year. Wow, that's awesome. That's a, that's a lot of road touring. Yeah, she drove every bit of it. That's fantastic, Danny. So okay, so just basically, if you want to get a knife, get on the list for two thousand fifteen. Go to Antler Creations Dash Dash Custom Knives yep. on Facebook. Yeah. All right. I'm going to share a link. Actually, is it even a shareable link, or is it? It's not even a. It's not a business page, correct? It's um. No, it's my personal page. I've got oh, I'm almost completely full on friends too. Okay. So I've been having to go through, and I've I've got 5,200 friends on Facebook, but I only got like 115, 117 that like or comment. So. I can get rid of about 4,000 on there. Gotcha. So it's, it's almost time to create a business page. Yeah, it is. So you I've can... got one, but it's not the right name. I've got it under my name. Yeah. Uh, it's called DR Hottinger Custom Knives, and I'm going to change it to Antler Creations Custom Knives by DR Hottinger. Gotcha. I just haven't done it yet. Very cool. But well, that's in that's in the works. All right. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of friends, and it's time to... At least, at least change the the Facebook to a, um, yeah, yeah. a business page. So, yeah, to a page. Um, man. Well, hopefully, somewhere along the line, I'll come across an antler that I think okay. needs to stay in my life for a long time, and I want to do something different with it. I'm going to send it out to you. Send it to me, Danny, and I'm going to have it uh, and hand it down to my my kids and my kids' kids, and hopefully, it stays yep. around for generations uh, forever. I can engrave your last name in it, and uh, you can pass it down. That'd be cool. Uh, I mean, just just the uniqueness of an antler is like the uniqueness of a fingerprint um mm-hmm. and it's it makes that particular knife that much more special because yeah. you can buy a, a good knife that's commercially made but it won't be unique because somebody else will have right. one just like it right you're exactly right yep um well thank you danny uh we've we've taken up enough of your time this is great and i will uh we'll definitely share some links as soon as uh, we can on our facebook pages um, on okay. big on the Big Buck Registry and on Chubby right. Times Outdoors. We'll get you okay. on there and see if we can't send some people over and maybe make a few orders for you. And Danny, keep up the good work, buddy, and be proud Thank of yourself. You. Be proud of yourself for what you're doing, and and uh, it's quality and it's definitely a great thing you got going. Yep. Thank you very much. Beautiful stuff. Excellent, Danny. Thank you. All okay. right. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Dusty, I don't know about you, man, but that uh, that is an inspiring story. You know, not only an inspiring story, but a inspiring human being. Yes. Yeah. The guy loves going to work and he, he there's no end in sight. It's, uh, you know, backed up for two years. He, he's got uh, one hand, his left hand that he does his work with. Man, I, I, tomorrow is going to be a brighter day for me, Jay. I'm going to get out and I'm going to do something for the world because, you know, Danny inspired me to get up and get motivated. Yeah. And I don't know if you listened to that one piece where he said it took him a while, but finally he figured out what he's supposed to do with his life. No, and that, that's uh, when you finally figure that out, 
you got life by the horns. Literally here. Literally. In this Literally. case. In this case, yes. he does. Uh, man, uh, Danny, you know, our heart goes out to you, buddy. We love what you're doing with the antlers and the knives. Keep up your hard work. Keep yourself motivated. And, and there's no doubt that you will. But uh, we're going to touch back with Danny in the future, Jay, and see how things are going. Yep. Right, now, right now, he's two years out. That's that's unheard of anymore. Two-year waiting list for a custom knife. That That's that's unbelievable. That's high-quality phenomenal uh work right there yeah i am uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna try and find a moose shed here in new hampshire because we have lots of moose and i'm gonna try and find a shed and get a uh a moose shed custom knife made awesome i think that would be really cool that would be cool you know i've actually been invited to kentucky on a elk antler hunt yep. uh, for elk sheds and i think i'm going to try to find a small one for the same reason gotcha uh, everybody says they're looking for a trophy, but talking with Danny, the smaller the antler on an elk seems to be a better for a knife handle. And I, I think if I find a small one, I'm going to definitely have to, I, my thing is I want to hand deliver it. Right. I'm fortunate enough that Danny comes to Ohio for the Jurassic Classic, Jurassic Classic. Is that and, like Jurassic Classic, but Jurassic? Yeah, Jurassic? yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. And, uh. It's up north of Columbus, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to have to make the, it looks like it's about, I looked it up here. I'm about two and a half hours and I'm going to make the drive to drop an antler off and personally meet Danny. Uh, Cause just one of the things in my life that I want to do, I want to meet the guy. Yeah. Uh, Danny has bumped, uh, I mean, I haven't just heard about him in the last few days. I've actually, you talked about him um, a few months ago. We talked about maybe having Danny on. Yeah. It was last season. And you yeah. know, we just, we had so many booked up that we yeah. didn't get around to him and we definitely, Hey, he had a place on the big buck registry, big buck podcast. Uh, it, you know, just, Check him out. He's an inspiration, if nothing else. You know, Very even if you so. don't, if you don't like knives, you're gonna like Danny. I, I like Danny. That's exactly right. Uh, you're gonna fall in love with Danny, uh, right? Even if you don't need a knife. And he's uh, he's definitely you know right at the top of my list for uh, inspiring human beings. And um, to boot, he's making one heck of a quality knife too. Oh, phenomenal. You know, I'd be honored to have one hanging on my side and headed out to my deer stand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I dare say it's probably a good luck charm, too. Yeah, I, I got to say the same thing. That 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 was crossing my mind. You took the words right out of my mouth, you know. Great minds think alike. But, uh, you know, check him out. If you're interested in a knife, order one. There, there's no doubt about that. You're going to have the, the highest of quality handmade custom knife right. in your possession when he gets done. Yeah, and, and just so you know, we, we don't get any kickback for any of these things this is not something we're getting paid to do we just think he's a really cool human being and he's making a really cool product and yeah i'm not on here to push his product i'm on here to push that it's quality and he's a great person that's right yep that's exactly right um do you have moose in uh, ohio no moose uh we got elk coming from they're they're coming a little bit north okay they're in kentucky they've released them in kentucky and the herd's actually really strong and I, I, I've been putting in for an elk tag and, you know, if can, Kentucky DNR is listening, hook me up. But anyway, they, uh, they're coming north, not quite crossed Ohio, uh, Ohio river yet, but not saying they won't swim the river and get into Ohio. I hope they do. They will. But right, right now they're, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky is loaded up with elk and it's, you know, I hunt Lee County and they're, they're starting to show up there. And I think that, uh, I got a place to hunt if I can draw, uh, you know, pull an elk tag. 
Well, I may have to start uh, sending in for an elk, elk tag in Kentucky myself. Yeah, yeah, we're we're uh, less than a three hour drive yeah. from my place to the elk ground, so perfect. We uh, we got a place to stay there, and uh, we definitely just need to draw a tag. And you, Dusty, should start filling out your your entry forms for the moose lottery in New Hampshire. You're correct. I do need to do that. So maybe someday we'll get on here and talk about a hunt together that we got in a lottery out on a whim. And got in a lottery in a faraway state, yep. and one of us drawed. And if you, if you think we're not going to record that live in session. <laughs> oh, boy. That, that, that's going to that's gonna be a great podcast. That's going to be a good show. So right from the beginning, right from the lottery itself, I mean, it's it, it deserves a microphone lapel pinned to it, your shirt. It, 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 even from the journey to either the airport or the drive to each other. Oh, heck yeah. That, it's got to be recorded because you know we're going to be talking, texting. We're going to be doing a little bit of everything. Right. And don't text and drive, but yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right, right, right. Pull over. Pull over. But, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great story, and that's something to look forward to, you know. Back to Danny. Man, I, Danny, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thanks to Danny for being on the show. It was a great, inspiring story. And, uh, man, I hope Danny keeps doing this for a long time to come because two years is a long time to wait for a knife, but I'm willing to do it. I think I'm willing to do it too, and and the price tag is is it seems to me that it's way underpriced for what great work quality it is. Yep. Check him out, Antler Creations Custom Knives on Facebook, and uh, you know, yep. let us know what you think after you check him out. Call him in, Danny Hottinger. That's who you're gonna get to know. Call us, call us back, and call us here at the Big Buck Registry, and give us some feedback on what you think about his knives. I would love to hear that. So. Well, Dusty, I think, uh, I think that's a wrap for the show, man. I think, uh, we've gone on, um, talking about the knives. I think we've covered everything there is to cover about Danny Hottinger's knives. So, yeah, um, great guy. And, uh, guy. we really, really enjoyed it. You guys need to reach out to me, Facebook forward slash Chubby Tines Outdoors. Very cool. And, uh, if you want to reach out to the Big Buck Registry, it's bigbuckregistry.com. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Big Buck Registry. Our Twitter handle is Big Buck Registry, and you can actually call us, leave us some feedback about the show. Tell us if you liked it, if you don't like it, uh, if you want us to cover something else, if there's something, you'd, some kind of topic you'd like us to try to uh, have on the show or some person that you'd like to have on the show, some personality that at deer camp or somebody you know that shot a big deer that tells a good story, um, send an email to Jay at Big Buck Registry or give us a call. Um, it's jay at bigbuckregistry.com or 724-613-2825. That's 724-613-2825. And just so you know, 2825, you can actually spells buck if you spell it out on your phone. I forgot where I got it, but it was pretty cool. Anyway, um, well, Dusty, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a wrap, man. Yes, that is a wrap. And, uh, I think we've got a show Sunday that everybody's going to enjoy also. So tune in. 5 a.m. Saturday mornings. Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast. Every week. We're doing it every Every week. week, Every Saturday. Check us out. This is Jay Scott. And I'm Dusty Phillips. This is the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. We'll see you next week. Can't wait.